The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! I think you got the show name wrong again. The Third Men Podcast? Oh, you keep saying Third Man Podcast. I think I said Third Men, but uh, welcome back to the Third Men Podcast. Welcome back. We, uh, I'm your co-host, James Kaminsky. I'm your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. James, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's rare that I do that opening, so it felt unnatural, and I'm sorry if it felt unnatural to all of you. <laughs> You know, there. James, the names have all changed since you've hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. And I'm not sure what that second part of the Welcome Back Cotter first verse actually means. The dreams have turned around. Is that to say that the dreams are in retreat? <laughs> the Cotter has realized that his dreams of being, what? What, is, what was Cotter dreaming of? Not sure. But whatever it is, it has turned around. <laughs> and he's back. He's back at school because he is no longer seeking his dream. Ooh, they're gonna meet ya? Are they back gonna... here where they need ya? So where they tease him a lot because they got him on, on the, the spot. spot. Welcome, welcome back. back. You know we got to start saying people are on the spot more. Um, yeah, we should. Anyway, we are a Jack White and Third Man Records history podcast. We delve into all sorts of things revolving around Detroit music and third man records and and adjacent things and i think i think we've got an interesting one if not a a wacky one today paul and you know i bring the wacky james brings the wacky so i'm actually in the unique position here where i have no idea what you're going to talk about it's pop we have not (laughs) we've done no prep work for this at least i haven't so i have no idea what's coming oh i've done prep work paul yeah so this was uh kind of all right i'm gonna bring you along Paul and listeners, yeah, 
on a journey, an emotional journey, a spiritual journey. This is a like a podcast essay, if you will, that, Paul, I want your input and vocalizations smattered all over. So uh, you'd really like me to get a handle on it. As Paul brandishes his new <laughs> handlebar mustache, yes. <laughs> this was a question I had and I wanted to answer. And wow. I think it's, it's going to be... I don't know if it'll be a series for each uh, individual Jack White band, but it started off as a question of what, what I would put on the White Stripes Greatest Hits, and it wound up being, what is my favorite White Stripes song, and what exactly do I like so much about White Stripes, and why do I continue to love their music decades later? Wow. Wow. Yeah. The White Stripes. Why? Question mark. Yeah, pretty much. It's and, and The why stripes. And it led me down a path to figure out what my favorite White Stripes song is. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to take you on this journey, Paul. Is there anything we've got to, anything on the docket we've got to do? Do we, are we smelling anything? Are we, are we breaking down anywhere? Well, James, yeah, you know, I think sort of, yeah, we got something. Yeah, okay. James, we got something. All right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> now, I, I don't know what we'd classify this as. I think it's maybe pancake batter. Okay. It's, it's, I think this is pancake batter, James. <laughs> All right. I'll show you how to express your opinion in English. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and whip these up for brunch this weekend. So, James, Pancake Batter is the portion of the show where somebody writes in with an opinion that they would like to share with us about Jack or the show or what have you. And this one comes courtesy of listener Mark Nelson, who actually suggested this as a show. And we might, we might do this as a show, but I think for now, I'm just going to sort of share this with everybody. So, so Mark here has put together a playlist of his all-time favorite covers that mm. Jack has done live, James. Now, this sort of, I guess, feeds into what you're talking about today. In terms of like trying to figure out what exactly it is about the white stripes that you like and how you kind of put a finger on that. And Mark here has assembled a list of 71 covers oh. on Spotify that he shared with us. And, you know, maybe we'll share this on our social channels and such. But he has put together here just all the covers that he particularly enjoys that that Jack has done over the years. So I'm just going to go ahead and read this list. I don't know if we're going to do the full thing. Maybe I'll just Let's do, do the, 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 the first the top 20, top 20 maybe. Let's do the top 20. So we have Jolene by Dolly Parton. We have I'm Shaken by Little Willie John. We have Love is Blindness by U2. Death Letter Blues by Sunhouse. Grinning in Your Face by Sunhouse. Rated X by Loretta Lynn. Blank Generation by Richard Hell. I Just Don't Know What to Do With Myself by Burt Bacharach. Outlaw Blues by Bob Dylan. One More Cup of Coffee by Bob Dylan. Love Sick by Bob Dylan. Did You Hear John Hurt? And that one is sort of mixed here. It's credited to Tom Paxton, Bob Gibson, and Anne 
Hills. Number 13 here is Matrimonial Intentions, which he doesn't actually have an original source for, but we know was a, an old folk Americana tune that Jack performed on the American Epic Sessions. Mama's Angel Child by Johnny Guitar Watson. Just a Closer Walk With Thee by Sela Jubilee Singers. John the Revelator by Blind Willie Johnson. Three Women Blues by Blind Willie McTell. Lord Send Me an Angel by Blind Willie McTell. Southern Can Is Mine by, by Blind Willie McTell. And to round it all out here, Stop Breaking Down Blues by Robert Johnson. Now, you know, there's some interesting groupings happening here. And you can kind of pair a lot of these things together if you really want to kind of get a taste of what Jack is looking to cover when he's looking to cover a song it's usually either bob dylan mm-hmm. <laughs> something americana mm-hmm. or something kind of punk and out of left field that you wouldn't necessarily expect yeah well he has he has a punk streak uh, yeah let's say him and brendan both do yeah but you know all of those different tastes meld into what we like about jack's music anyway and some of these songs i'm thinking of course of jolene and death letter blues and I don't know. I just don't know what to do with myself. Those are songs that, you know, when we think of Jack, those kind of pop up before maybe even some of his original compositions. Yeah. Because they're so synonymous with him at this point. It's true. So it's interesting. When you're thinking about what you enjoy about Jack, you know, it's it's interesting to think about what he enjoys in other people's music and what he chooses to cover. And uh, this is a nice little smattering here. I, I mean, there's a couple other polls i'll just pull out here we have mr cellophane from, from chicago from chicago we have uh, power of my love by elvis presley a lot of good ones here china pig by beefheart so anyway thank you mark for sharing that with us you know we may go in and do a covers episode ourselves but uh, in the meantime we appreciate you sending your list and thanks for the kind words that you wrote to us yeah. in your email. And yeah, I guess that's been pancake batter, James. Yeah, it reminds me of I made a mix CD. I think I gave you a copy of it or at least sent you the songs. Back in the day when mix CDs were a thing, I went and found all of the artist's original songs that he had covered to so I could better learn the original and made a mix of that. And I, it was like 20 of them. It wasn't a lot. But it's really cool to see like a, a list of a, a compendium, if you will, of, of like most of them. So that's that's neat. Anyway, uh, thank you. That's been Pancake Batter. All right. Well, James, I'm very interested in this topic that you've brought to my attention. <laughs> like I said, it's it's a weird one, uh, and I. I I did. I did a lot. I, I think it's interesting. You know, sometimes I think about that. I, I think I've said more than once on this show that of all of Jack's projects, the one that I like the least is sometimes the White Stripes, <laughs> which is like sacrilege <laughs> to say to most people who are fans. But I think when it comes right down to it, I really prefer Jack's solo because I find the lifting of the restriction to be a bit more just interesting to listen to just on a sonic level. Sure. It's free. And I, and I think that the, maybe the songs are stronger from the white stripes, but I don't know. To me, the lifting of the restriction is, is the thing I revel in a bit. I, as a, as a listener, I, I focused on the white stripes here because I was listening to the white stripes greatest hits and it got me thinking about the promotion behind it. 
the what songs would you put on a greatest hits album kind of talk that was going around on a lot of not only the official channels but like on all of the the, the fan groups that were were part of on on social media and which got me thinking about what my favorite white stripes songs are because they're not obviously the hits they, they kind of wander a bit from there but what exactly are my favorites and what goes into my favorite song like what what exactly am i what exactly am I latching onto in the, in these favorite songs? So I'm I was kind of really examining a lot about myself in the car. I apparently think too much, but I was I was really in, intrigued in this. So I I, I kind of went through uh, those Stripes catalog and pulled like ten knee jerk reaction songs that I would deem James's favorite White Stripes tunes. Okay, this is in no particular order. This is just so we have Ball and Biscuit. Uh, we have Death Letter. Hotel Yorba, uh-huh. which I always deemed as my favorite. Icky Thump, I Fought Piranhas, Sugar Never Tasted So Good, There's No Home For You Here, Take, 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 Handsprings, and It's My Fault For Being Famous. Those are like wow, my 10 like knee-jerk reactions. Just like I see these, I'm like, that's one I, I would instantly go to if I saw it on the label. Wow. Wow. Those are good ones. Do you, do you have any any pulls? I know I didn't like prep you for this, but uh... well, I just so happened to James because back in episode fifty two, our one year anniversary spectacular, we made such a list, and I have I'm just plucking out all of the White Stripes ones from our favorite Jack tunes that we talked about in that episode. Okay, my Those... tastes have evolved since then, uh, so I'm curious what I had said too. But well, yeah, I'm mine look pretty consistent mine look like they haven't changed much so it again in no particular order although i am gonna say this one out of order because it's the most important to me i have the nurse mm-hmm. coming in at number one always in my heart the nurse was close i i almost put it in there but i think it's one of my favorite songs just period probably my favorite white stripe song but i also have here the hardest button to button okay i fought piranhas all right love is the truth i'm counting that as a white stripe song it's fair. Sort of is. It's it is. I'm lonely, but I ain't that lonely yet. Let's build a home. Little acorns. Wow. You're, yeah, your southern can is mine, which I know is a cover, but it's of my favorite songs that they've done. Handsprings is up there. Okay. Catch hell blues. Denial twist. Effect and cause. Screwdriver and ball and biscuit. So. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 songs. I am shocked that you have Little Acorns on these. I mean, when I first got Elephant, and, you know, Elephant was the first of their albums that I really sat with as a listener, as a fan, Mm -hmm. and got to become a fan listening to. I had White Blood Cells, or I had listened to White Blood Cells, but I, it was, that was different. For some reason, Elephant struck me in a different way and when little acorns came on and that guy starts talking and you're sort of hit with that what is this kind of question but the story is pretty universal and especially in those teen years those early 20 years those years that jack songs particularly in the white stripes revel in Mm -hmm. it's a you know it's a kind of a comforting notion take all your problems and rip them apart or do them one piece at a time, one acorn at a time, rather than worrying about all of them. And so at 18 or whatever I was when I heard that for the first time, I found that to be a particularly interesting segment. And then you get that 
Zeppelin, like, now that sounds like Led Zeppelin. So that's, I'm coming in there at 18 with a Led Zeppelin ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I hear that, I'm going, oh, that is good. And that's the same way I felt about Ball and Biscuit, too. Yeah. And Hardest Button to Button is interesting because that's also on Elephant, but that hit me later in life. I didn't really appreciate that one until later on when I got sick and tired of hearing Seven Nation Army and I never wanted to hear that song again. But that's, I mean, Hardest Button to Button is really, for me on that album, like Seven Nation Army 2. Yeah. And it's got a little bit more to it. I'm probably just saying that because Seven Nation Army is so played out. But yeah, that's why Little Acorns is on there because I'll never forget hearing that and... You know, it's one of those songs that just, again, it's what I think of when I think of the White Stripes. Well, I mean, you, you walk into a McDonald's and Seven Nation Army is playing, but you walk into a Wendy's and Hardest Button to Button is playing. So it's clearly superior. Yeah, da- it's Dave's pick. But it's but it's definitely more of a uh, commodity. It's a it's a, uh, a hot song, but it's, you know, it's it's a it's a superior one that's maybe a little bit more under the radar. A Wendy's, if you will. A Wendy's. Yeah. I've been with, listening to so many Doughboys episodes. I've been, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I think of when I think of the White Stripes. You know, it's, it's Wendy's. That, <laughs> it's that Led Zeppelin energy, and especially as a teenager, just craving more. Like I ran out of Led Zeppelin albums at one point. Yeah, and I'm like, why aren't there more of these? <laughs> no, I don't want to listen to Robert Plant's solo. All right, the strange sensation is fine. Jesus, give it a rest. <laughs> But I heard this and I'm like, wow, that sounds vital and just screeching. Just chose not to go to the Yardbirds, huh? <laughs> and so forget about it. So when I when I heard, that's why when I heard Satan, it hit me so hard because I was already primed to like what this guy was doing. And then when he took it in that direction, it surprised me. And I went, I, wow. I Not only do I love what you said about Get Behind Me, Satan, but I want to take that um, that audio clip there and just pull it out of context for any Christian groups uh, to, to, to have. Is, yeah, when I first heard Satan and I heard what that guy had to say, <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> I like the Christian life. Anyway, I, well, that, that led me to what goes into a White Stripes song that I like. Uh, so I had that list and I, I kind of pulled from that. What am I gravitating to? And I pulled three factors. I did a lot of threes here because, yeah, because, because lyrical content and quality, musical quality and other factors that might influence it. I kind of realized that the other factors weren't as important. They really didn't push which favorite is my favorite. So that would include nostalgia and and music videos and, and the zeitgeist to the time. Like that that leads to why I might like the White Stripes in general, but it doesn't lead to uh, yeah. why I like a particular song. So lyrical content and qualities, I had three subcategories here. I had I liked stories. I liked a running narrative that seemed to pull me in, especially one that feels kind of fleshed out from beginning, middle to end. To to pull from another band, uh, Carolina Drama is one of those kinds of running narratives that really pull me in. I liked teenage angst or an emotional connection, an explosive, loud, fast-paced, angry song, or one that has had an impact on me, you know, especially one that's echoing emotions that I might be feeling as a young adult. And I think you 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 brought up 
that already, uh, which was, was yeah that teen angst stuff. That's it, it it's really, all over his, especially the white stripes. Yes, mostly the white stripes. Exactly. And then complex or thought provoking metaphor or an avant garde kind of attitude, uh, wordplay or creative ways to kind of uh, get me thinking about the song, which make me enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, huh. So those were the lyrical and content uh, qualities that made that I thought made me enjoy a stripes tune. And then musical qualities. I liked a blues or a classic rock connection to, to the music. Solos were a big thing for me. I really enjoyed a good hearty solo. And then simplicity, yeah. which is the White Stripes kind of, you know, wheelhouse. But a simple, simpler song tended to kind of hit me a little bit more. And then I, I don't know about you, Paul. Do you, did, did you do you know and notice any running themes in, in your favorites? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at them here and... One of the running themes that jumps out to me is that most of these tend to feel a little sing-songy in the sense that it sounds like a person is on a stage telling me a story. (laughs) It's what I love about a tune like, and I don't even think I listed this one in my favorites, but Lord Send Me an Angel Down I don't know why I didn't list that one, because that's a favorite song of mine. I love that song. It's and great. Yeah. Great cover. It's because it sounds like he's singing it to me. And I, I guess I like that kind of Carnival Barker. I guess that's an Americana thing. Or, you know, I mean, he might have gotten a, picked up a bit of that from the Blues Guys, of course. But even Loretta Lynn does a bit of that. Yeah. Where she's on the stage and she's sort of telling you a story. And it's almost... It gets a little kitsch after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at a certain point, it's almost like uh, E R O's. You know, it's like the 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 folksmen doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but but it's a participation. That's what I'm looking for. It's a participation quality. He is talking to you as if he is wanting you to talk back to him, and bull I mean, weevil. I could, another good example. Bull weevil. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> and when I'm done singing it, I hope you'll sing along with me on He's Looking for a Home, okay? Oh, well, if anybody asks you people who sang you this song, you tell them it's Jackie White. He's done been here and gone. He's looking for a home. He's looking for a home. Right, hold on, Meg. He's looking for a home. <laughs> I mean, but just looking at this, like Catch Hell Blues, there's a bit of that in Catch Hell Blues. Your Southern Can is mine. There's a lot of it in that. Let's Build a Home kind of has that quality too. Even um, I Fought Piranhas a little bit has a bit of that quality in it. And then I guess it's, yeah, it's just sort of the blues, right? It's that, I mean, there's bluesy stuff. I mean, it's it's hard to distinguish Jack and the blues because uh, it's, kinda, yes, yeah. it's, it, it's the running theme. Um, of, of a lot of what they're doing. I mean, I love that what you're saying is, is actually echoing what I was thinking too. So like you're combining a lot of, of what I had said uh, in your themes. And that makes me really happy. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. So, well, I mean, it makes sense as to why, <laughs> right. It makes sense as to why we both like the stripes and why we both tend to gravitate towards similar songs. I mean, you echoed a lot of similar songs on my list. Well, I had a, I have some auxiliary picks I can run down here from, sure. again from that 
episode 52 yeah, yeah, yeah. we did but just looking at him here i plucked out anything that wasn't white stripes but i have why can't you be nicer to me party of special things to do which is another one of those sing-songy kind yes, of songs yeah, yeah, he's yeah. talking and rapping on there uh, astro which is kind of a driving tune city lights which is one of the examples of jack's really pretty melody Yes. Which is also echo- echoed in Apple Blossom. City they- Lights, by the way, one of those songs that made me realize I like the White Stripes, not because I am nostalgic for them and not because I'm a sycophant for them. It's because yeah. I like the White Stripes. And I'm like, yeah. oh, the, the even new music that I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, this is still good. I really like this. Yeah, that song hit me like a sack of bricks when that came out i just loved it but then we get a song like i want to be the boy to warm your mother's heart and that's sure. that teen that's the teenage angst yes oh teenage. and it's one of those things where it has emotional resonance where you you know you can find these things that you're feeling and connect you know you know jack felt that too like you get me man yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's universal and even though it's a little hokey it's a little corny but like it's truth too. Well, it's hokey um, in in the Jack White sort of way, and I like that. Uh, I, I don't mean to say that to be dismissive of it, James. You just sent me a whole box full of hell over there, <laughs> which is just a bunch of my old stuff from high school and things. And I'm looking through that and going, "Oh my god, Jesus!" <laughs> but I hear a song like "I Want to Be the Boy to Win Your Mother's Heart," and I look at that box of garbage over there, and I'm thinking, oh, "I can't, okay, that person would have really." <laughs> connected to this uh and as well another song on here i'm slowly turning into you same thing yes kind of a, yes i mean it's a bit more mature it's like as one more step on the on the ladder but it's got that same kind of feel to it as somebody who has adopted the mannerisms of their significant other and vice versa <laughs> i i sympathize a lot with that song (laughs) to to a degree obviously there's some anger in that song that i do not share yeah it's got it's almost that song is like a taunt yes but your face is getting older again you know he's like anger in there that he's like teasing he's taunting the person that, but then but then right after that it's put your hand on my shoulder and now i would he wants he wants the comfort I would have felt like slowly turning into would have been an anthemic tune that you would have avoided because you tend to to dislike or at least avoid uh, the the stadium rock esque kind of <laughs> anthem tunes and and slowly turning into you was one of those I guess it was what? slightly different because it was the stripes they 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 felt a little more honest <laughs> but I like them when they're good i like that shots one fired at <laughs> shots fired. fight for your love <laughs> i like what i don't know that song that's a great example i'm slowly turning into you is a great example of where the minimalism is working for me okay because the instant you start putting horns and moaning ladies and stuff on that one <laughs> then it starts going to a place that is is not true to me personally mm. but i'm slowly turning into you it's that it's um the best of their rawness okay i really i really appreciate that and so i also have on here rag and bone which is more of that tell a story rambling yes Yes. rambling joe's medicine show type of thing for sure let's shake hands another one of those type of songs i have hello operator white moon and it's my fault for being famous and so some of these on here i'm noticing i like jack's melody 
Okay. And I also like when he skews into a poppier space. Okay. So like, hello operator is kind of a poppier space. Certainly, why can't you be nicer to me? Actually, not certainly, but arguably, why can't you be nicer to me? It's kind of a pop tune. I mean, without all the electric guitar on it. That's a pop kind of fucking thing, isn't it? Wow. I love the Ricky Gervais in it. <laughs> well, wanting to understand uh, where these taste factors uh, could have originated, I looked to science. James looked to science. I like it. Taste has been a subject of scientific debate for a long, long time, and, and why some genres and artists are relatable to others. I looked up a lot of different studies. There is so many nuanced things with music and music taste and preference that it's it's very challenging and there's no one complete answer and that made me angry i was angry (laughs) but i I looked up a bunch of studies and 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 they all kind of came to the same result but i'll I'll, according to a study from the the u.s national library of medicine uh national institutes of health to quote the contemporary view is that music preferences are manifestations of explicit psychological traits, possibly an interaction with specific situational experiences, needs, or constraints. Specifically, current research on music preferences draws from interactionist theories by hypothesizing that people seek musical environments that reinforce and reflect their personalities, attitudes, and emotions. That all kinds of ring. It's a very way too sciencey way of saying mood and who you are affects <laughs> affect sure. what music you like which is like oh well duh yeah of course one would assume to to continue uh there's evidence from research uh concerned with various social psychological and s- physiological aspects of music not with music preference per se for example there is evidence that individual differences in preferences for vocal as opposed to instrumental music fast for slow loud for soft those preferences have been shown to relate to personality traits. Research on music and identity suggests that some people are drawn to musical styles with particular social connotations, such as toughness, rebellion, distinctiveness, and sophistication. Distinctiveness. I'd key in on distinctive. Mm-hmm. Jack is certainly one of those distinct artists. Yeah. And occasionally he- dabbles with an air of sophistication. Sophistication in, in this context typically referred to classical or jazz but it was an air of self-importance, I guess, like listening to a music because it feels important. And the yeah. White Stripes has that quality to it where it's like, you know, you you like good music if you like Radiohead was the thing we heard a lot in high school. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I guess some people would say with Tool or whatever, you know, you and the White Stripes are kind of in that realm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. I... Uh, uh, Toughness and rebellion also. Like there's there's the angst and the the kind of punky attitude to it. He he kind of gives you that group kind of gives you the best of all those worlds though, because there's the toughness and rebellion, although you have quiet Meg back there. Yes. Who makes this big loud noise. And then you have Tough Shredder Jack who sings a song like I'm lonely, but I ain't that lonely yet. Or and when a boardwalk crashes other. in on him, he's still alive somehow with his hand sticking up because he's a shredder. He's some kind of super shredder. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a super shredder. But 
kind of plays to all those different sides. And now I'm just looking now, the more that you say this, the more I'm kind of looking at this list and the more I'm thinking like, I don't know if it's maybe just the McCartney melody that I think he likes that I am attracted to in his music, because when you pull out all these songs, they've all got a very hooky, very tuneful melody. And even though he's not, I wouldn't say his singing is the highlight necessarily of the experience, he also sings very tunefully. And so just going through these, and I'm sort of humming like, even hardest button to button, do, 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 do. That's that's kind of like- I love the McCartney head wobble you're doing on the video It's a little McCartney-ish. Yeah. da, 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 da. That's that's a pretty melody right there. It's got a Mersey beat. That's little acorns. That's very tuneful, right? So all these have that kind of. I'm wondering if that's what it is now. If that's what my ear was plucking out. Because if you're talking about be. it's about who you are and what is baked into you, well, Dad did a great job of just baking me like <laughs> banana bread over here <laughs> for McCartney songs. <laughs> that well, see, that's one of those metaphors I enjoy so much, Paul. You are a banana bread of McCartney tunes. You have taken those those old brown McCartney tunes and you have put them in the freezer until it was time to bake, baked them up, and into a sweet, delightful treat. Let's catch you a little bit. I mean, if you sing anything in a, in a major key, it turns into a McCartney <laughs> <laughs> I guess the covers are the anomaly, you know, party of special things to do. And... But McCartney was also pulling from blues. So, like, so all of the old classic rock people were. I mean, I want to be the boy to warm your mother's heart. Yes. I mean, that's Lennon lyrics, but that's a McCartney melody. I think that maybe that's, anyway. Not to go, f- I know we always go down the Beatle path. I know we always do it, so I'm not going to do it anymore. But I'm just saying, I think that may be part of it. It's just, it could it's be. A, it's a compliment about his melodies, you know. Well, he, he also loved McCartney, so it's, mm-hmm. as you know, so it's no surprise that he's pulling from that knowledge, at least. And then also the research picked up on participants' views of particular genres, such as stereotypes around their fan base, the fan bases of, of certain genres and music. And they found that traits were given to genres that might push or pull certain people towards the genre. That has has mm. less to do, I think, with the White Stripes. Although I would say that overall, I have found the fan base of the White Stripes to be a fan base that I do connect with. So I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. For the most part, I've found terrible and great alike. So who knows? But it seems that mood, social climate like a stereotype or a cultural upbringing, age and personality all kind of influence how we pick and choose which music we enjoy. And one of the most important factors seems to be exposure to music at an age when memories are at their clearest, which is usually in young adulthood. And I I read some studies, uh, specifically a 1997 study about memory, which does conclude that young adulthood has the actual, like, of all of your memories, your clearest ones are from your, like, teens to 20s to, like, late 20s. Like, that's when your memories are, like, best of all. <laughs> and then it just goes downhill. God. But 
What an awful time yeah, to pick. <laughs> but it makes sense. It's, it's you kind of learning how to be independent and you learning, you know, how to manage life. And it's when you're, you know, you become an adult. So like you're at the peak of your whatever. Yeah, I got a whole box full of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that makes sense that you might be drawn to McCartney-esque lyrics because McCartney was baked into you at an early age in young adulthood. You know, these memories are pretty clear and you tie certain things in. It also makes sense why me and you would both like the stripes that that's then like how does the stripes connect to all of that science that i found and i came to love the stripes in my early teenage years which kind of explains the teenage angst that i enjoy in the songs and the emotional kind of resonance the heavier edged solos and thrashing guitar could come from that as well yeah the cultural upbringing of both of us would explain the love for blues and rock and folk music that jack kind of excretes (laughs) well (laughs) That's disturbing, James. Isn't it kind of funny, though, that there's that trope about kids not liking their parents' music? Yeah, well... And I wonder what the science is there, because, yeah, it's not the case for us. I think we, me and you were exposed to it early and often, and we were educated in the music in a way that didn't push us away from it, but instead made us more interested in it. Yeah, maybe. In another study, I was reading that music often has a lot to do with exposure. And I I mean, I'll get to that in a minute. But that exposure of just hearing it over and over and over again, especially when you hear the song and aren't paying attention, definitely makes it click more with you. And we definitely heard a lot of Beatles music and that sort of stuff early on without knowing it. I'm sure dad played it all the time. I mean, I don't know what that's about, James. All I know is I've been watching a lot of Clarissa Explains It All. And uh, <laughs> she took a look at a Bee Gees album and said, to think they used to be as big as Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember thinking, huh, Clarissa, you? You woke-ass motherfucker with your fucking John Lennon poster in your closet. You don't know who the goddamn Bee Gees are? <laughs> Who are Dude, you? Who who are you fooling? Disco is the perpetual genre to make fun of. It seems. I just got my ABBA greatest hits two vinyl set. Paul Smith. Anyway, so James, do you want to hear something interesting that I have? Sure. I think this is interesting. You talk about your taste evolving. I have your list. Oh God. Of your favorite White Stripes songs that you picked for our fifty. Yeah, please, episode. please do. <laughs> do you want to hear what they were? Please do. Yeah. You have some good ones on here. You have some ones I didn't pick. You have Hotel Yorba, which... Yes. Again, that one for me, it's a classic. I love it. Of the White Stripe songs I was first introduced to, that one was one where I was like, oh, this is good. Because again, it's got that Zeppelin three mm-hmm. sort of homespun bluesy thing. Same Boy You've Always Known, another great pick. Beautiful song. Sad song. Yeah. Sad song.
You have Dead Leaves, which again, that's one of those like classic, like Seven Nation Army, where I just it comes on and I'm 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 actually turning it off. I I can't do it anymore. Yeah, there's <laughs> I've done it so, thing. so many times. I just can't hear. Now, there's no home for you here you have on here, which is an interesting pick because that I remember being one of the moments where I was, I really felt that I had fallen in love with the White Stripes, where we go into that feedback. Yeah. That, there's no home for you here now. It's my f- and then so it good. breaks and then it, bam, crashes down. That like has under. remained one of my favorites. So that, that really is oh. really good. Go away and do not leave a trace. Uh, you have Icky Thump, which is bordering on overplayed for me, and I, I wish it wasn't because I really love that song. You and I both had White Moon. Uh, take, Take, Take is another yep. great one you picked. Baby Brother. Okay. C- cover. You also have Do. Catch Hell Blues as well. Cold, Cold Night. It's My Fault for Being Famous, another great pick. Still on my list, yeah. That's kind of like that uh, the folk singer telling you, yes. telling you a story kind of Exactly, thing. yeah. Red Bowling Ball Ruth, which I like, I don't love. If I'm going for one of those early B-sides, I'm going for Handsprings. I'm, I'm going for Party Special Things to do. I'm going to be totally honest. I think I meant Handsprings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Orchid, which a little overplayed. I like it. Canon and Hello Operator. So we had a lot of overlap there. But I really like that you picked There's No Home for You Here because that, that goes back to that Zeppelin thing. Yes. For sure. To get back onto the connections of the science, this would explain my love of story in the song because of the music that we were exposed to at an early age with Beatles and stuff. Being exposed to folk music, specifically Donovan, I think has a lot to do with it. Donovan and Dylan. I mean, we didn't hear too much Dylan. Dad wasn't the biggest fan, but... I had to find Dylan on my own. I had to find Dylan. Yeah, and your finding Dylan made me find Dylan with Frank, I bought Blood on the Tracks and went, this is great. This is phenomenal. This is so good. Yeah. I think Isis is what made me find Dylan. So the Jack White's cover of Isis made me find Bob Dylan. Now, I found Desire through, God, somebody was like talking about it on television and I got like interested or something. It was a weird way to find it, but I found it and I listened to, I mean, those first two tracks, I mean... Desire is so good. It's yeah. Hurricane and Oh, Hurricane and Isis. is so good. Hurricane and Isis are kind of a one-two blow on that one. I remember Greg Pogue and I talking about Hurricane and the importance yeah. of that song. That's why when I heard him cover One More Cup of Coffee, I was like, oh, okay, he's covering songs that I also like because yeah. they were also on that album. I mean, Mozambique is another great... There's just a lot of great tunes on that album. I remember but. blaring Mozambique when Elliot got uh, deployed to Mozambique. <laughs> wow. Not for violence but to protect a convoy of first aid people strange things you mean do- doctors james yeah <laughs> first aid people <laughs> my best friend for those who don't know was, was deployed to to do that to, to protect for first aids folk for, first aidsmen <laughs> the first aidsmen 
It's like the prestige. Uh, but I think that early education in music history uh, made me feel, this is kind of sad, but made me feel a little snobbish and self-important compared to other, like a lot of my peers who maybe liked more pop music. And I don't think this is correct. This mindset is correct. But I do think that I felt a little, oh, my music tastes are better than yours. Yeah, I, I and letting go of that was one of the more freeing experiences yeah, I've ever really had. Was. Like realizing that oh, music isn't about that. Music isn't about being better. It's just about enjoying yeah. it and enjoying the broad variety that exists. Now, if you interpret Jack White the wrong way, sure, you get you get the snobbish thing. And I think that at a, at a younger man's point of view in that snobbish kind of way, you could latch on to that. Oh, I only listen to vinyl. Oh, I only yeah. know whatever, you know, Oh, you use pro tools, but I, think, I don't think that's what he's getting at. He's just talking about working hard yes. and earning it and earning the music. And that can mean anything. That can mean any kind of music, any kind of pop music. I mean, he goes to Madonna concerts. <laughs> yeah. What else does he go to? I don't know. But like, did Madonna earn it? Yes, she earned it. Did she write every song? No. Do I know that for a fact? No, I don't know that. She shouted at him. I know that. All that saying is like, if you really want something or if you want to feel something, you got to earn it. That's right. what Jack is saying. Yeah. But that self-importance and self-aggrandizing kind of might be a possible explanation for my love of his metaphor and wordplay. They gave me, at least in the past, I since recovered, I think, from that snobbishness. Or at least I like to think I have. But I, I feel like I got a sense of satisfaction from that. I understand these things and I can decode them kind of satisfaction, that stick your heart, own head up your ass kind of feeling. Yeah. And again, that could have nothing to do with it. I, I don't know. But it could explain some of it. Like what you were saying, I think liking Jack White and the White Stripes specifically, I think there was an aspect of that to me. And I don't think it ever it was ever like an active thought like, oh, I'm better than you. And so I like that. But I do think that was in there at a point. Yeah. In my early musical endeavors. Yeah, like the Cusack high fidelity as opposed to the Zoe Kravitz high fidelity. Sure. Yeah. I'll go with Zoe that. was in there. Zoe was just trying to fucking get laid, hang out, <laughs> smoke a duber on her old beanbag chair. John Cusack's over here telling Jack Black he's got to rethink his life because he listened to Donna Summer for an evening. So, like, Fuck you, John Cusack. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> I don't recall enough about that movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. In the Zoe Kravitz one, they play uh, Arrow Through Me from really Back to the Egg. That's cool. <laughs> I remember going, whoa. <laughs> cool pull. And I had no one to get excited about around me. That is what the music snobbishness evolved into. I've ditched the worst parts of it and have now gone into the, did you hear that tune? <laughs> like the excited parts of it. They like, oh my God, they pulled from that catalog. That's amazing. I think it's evolved yeah. into the better part of it of like, I want to be excited with somebody. Yeah. When they ended Breaking Bad with Bad Finger and I was like, Wah! yeah. Oh my God. An Apple artist. Yes. <laughs> 
So that leads me back to my favorite songs. I wanted to pull in all of these categories that I had with my favorite songs. I had, to reiterate, I had Ball and Biscuit. You can pull in. They had solos in there. They had the blues. There's a little bit of that storytellishness, but not super much. You had Death Letter, which had the blues, obviously. You had the solos, obviously. Again, a little bit of storytelling. It's not pulling everything in. So I'm trying to now find what I am exactly... I'm trying to now zero in on what I would make my favorite tune of these knee-jerk reactions and why. If James were a fractal, what yeah. shape would James be? I would be in the shape of like a vector shape of 3.14. Repeated. <laughs> Just going on. I'm pie. You're never going to round that circle, James. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to keep going. It's going to be the pen tool will never click off and it'll always haunt me. Which uh, I, I then will continue on uh, Hotel Yorba, which I thought was my favorite song, Paul. Really? It only has story time. It's got simplicity. And that's... Got the blues. Sort of. The, I blues. mean, the blues kind of runs through most most of their stuff. So, yeah. But, like, that's about it. You have Sugar Never Tasted So Good, which has simplicity. It's got the blues. It's got metaphor. It's kind of it. You have There's No Home For You Here, which has angst, simplicity, mm-hmm. and the blues. You have Take, 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 which is a story, an emotional connection, which you can kind of pull into the angst thing, sort of the rocky bluesness. Then you got uh, It's My Fault For Being Famous, story time, angst, emotional connection, simplicity. Now we're getting into more where Icky Thump is slowly turning into one of my favorite songs. It's got the solos. It's got story time. It's got angst. And it's got metaphor. Yeah, that it does. has all those things. And we've got Handsprings, which is also one of apparently one of my favorite songs because it's got story time, angst, and metaphor, and simplicity. So yeah. it's got a lot going for it. That leads me to a song that I really truly like a lot but never regarded as my all-time favorite but in fact includes all of my favorite things paul the scientifically proven james's favorite i fought piranhas wow i don't love this song but apparently it's one of my favorites (laughs) which has got blues story time metaphor solo and emotional resonance fighting on your own independent struggling all that stuff look that's on my list i love that song it's great. It's a good song. One could say it's the greatest amongst my favorites, but Paul, it is not the perfect song for me. And this leads me to want to boil this down. I want to boil down what I have into exactly what I'm looking for in a song. All of those things are too much. I need to whittle it down, select a few, rework a thing or two, make it a bit better, you know? Yeah. The blues classic rock folk connection is a little too vague. It's, it permeates all of their catalog. I'm going to kind of just throw that. But I need a story, and I need it to be kind of a simple one. One where the narrative and the music can live as two separate yet intrinsically linked pieces to make it seem as though the, any music that's being played is an extended solo of sorts. It needs a hard edge that can kind of relay my teenage angst. It needs to have an emotional resonance, but it needs to be wrapped in a metaphor. I don't want to seem 
too full of myself, Paul. This metaphor can be explained in the song. There's only one song that could fit this description, Paul. I have no idea what you're about to say. Paul, the song no is idea. Little Acorns. The Little Acorns is my new favorite song. <laughs> Are you serious? Did you have that like written down somewhere? I had somewhere? that written down. <laughs> <laughs> Little Acorns. Oh my it's my God. new favorite White Stripes song. <laughs> I mean, look, I love that song. Take all your problems and rip them apart. Oh, yeah. oh. The, the, once you get past the kind of ridiculousness of it all, it does. it is an actual very good song. I really do like Little Acorns. You know, that's what I get. Sometimes I'm trying to think about, like, what am I attracted to in music? And, you know, sometimes it's hard to, like, burn albums into your brain you know, I don't know if you ever get this way, James, but where, like, I, I sat down and I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to Lou Reed today. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. Everyone else is doing it. So I listened to Lou Reed and I was like slogging through some of this. And I was like, what is it? What is it? What am I looking for in music? Is it just new music that turns me off? And then I got to a song that was hilarious and very interesting and I, and it, it dawned on me, I was on a run, I was thinking about this. You live and die by the songs. You live and die by the material. Mm-hmm. If the songs are good, you're going to enjoy it. And I know good is hard to quantify, but like all this stuff about style and approach and this and that, what I think it comes down to is really the song the songwriter is writing is the thing that's going to sell it or not at the core of the, the thing. I mean, approach, all that stuff helps, but you have to have those bones in there. Yeah. Picking up pieces of information down on the docks. Picking up pieces of information about you and how to pick locks. Scouting. So Jack's got that. He's got those chops. And what's interesting about Jack is you have this guy who's writing all these songs as a teenager in early 20s, shelves them all, doesn't do any of them for like three years, writes a new batch of songs, puts those out, then goes back to the old ones, then tackles new ones, and his writing explodes, and he continues to write relevant material 
four albums in and he's hitting his biggest stride yet. So I think that just at the bottom of all this, James, is he's just a very good songwriter. I think so. It made me explore a lot about what I enjoy about music in general, not just the White Stripes or Jack White or whatever, but like like you were saying, like when you're confronted with new music, you need to find a connection somewhere because there's only a couple of ways to get into a band. I, I explained like science barely has an explanation for it, but finding a connection to a song is a way in. And I think that's where me and you, we are very in common and, and we ask for people to send us as well as try to be the emissaries to send other people songs that will properly connect with the individual listening. Yeah. If we're trying to get people into a new artist, it's hard to get into it unless you have that kind of connection or that emissary, that Cisco if you will. Did you tell him about that slug inside of you? I feel like that's a necessary thing. I feel like it's a thing that's not talked about enough in terms of music, because I think a lot of pop music has the, or a lot of modern music has the advantage of exposure with radio, or at least it used to. Now this is just making me rethink music in general and genres and, and preferences. Like Everyone just needs one little bit to get them in the door. And then once they get in the door, they can find other things they like about an artist. Yes. It made me realize why I am a co-host of a podcast about his music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I think it's an interesting topic, James, and I think you did a wonderful job walking us through it. Um, Well, James, should we kick it to our third person this week? We should. Let's do it. All right, James. So in honor of your wonderful idea to do an anatomy of a fandom of the White Stripes, Mm. one of the aspects of that fandom that I was interested in exploring, James, was the participation aspect of the White Stripes. And so by that, I mean... Participation trophies. Right. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like Jack's music it's deceptively simple, I think, but it's also simple on purpose. In the same way, like blues songs, Delta blues songs are simple. You know, you get a couple chords, you can kind of pour your heart into it and get the meaning across. It's almost like, especially for those bluesmen, not that they weren't very talented at their instrument, but that sort of wasn't the point. The point mm-hmm. was that they were trying to get a feeling across, and that's a lot like what Jack's point, I think, was with the White Stripes. I think it's fair to say. Like, I don't think he made that any kind of a secret. So along those lines, James, part of the White Stripes fandom really has to do with fans covering the songs. You get a lot of that, I learned to play when I saw the Seven Nation Army video, or you know, you get that burst of energy from the fell in love with a girl video you want to go out and buy a guitar and do it yourself that kind of thing i know i've played myself a bunch of white stripe songs over the years just because you know a few of them are fairly simple to learn and you get that sing-song equality and it's really simple to convey the uh, emotion of the song even if you don't have all kinds of skill you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like punk rock or grunge right. or something yeah, no, it allows a, a wide swath of folk to kind of come in and explore a little bit. And it, it's it's an inviting catalog. I think it's even beyond blues and punk and stuff. It's just rock and roll, right? Like, 
rock and roll is just a bunch of kids who are like, hey, that looks fun, and then I'll do that too, you know, and then they get very good at it, but it's an easy entry point. It's not as daunting as like, I'm going to study violin for nine years and maybe get decent at it, or I'm going to spend 30 years studying the sitar, and maybe at one point I'll learn not to have sore feet. Sitar arms. Now, I've heard that, actually. D- George complained about that. He said uh, George Harrison complained about learning the sitar one of the hardest things to do is actually just to hold it <laughs> can you imagine an instrument being so complicated that to actually hold it properly takes extensive training that's why i chose the world's smallest violin to play paul that that's very good james thank you and now <laughs> i mentioned these songs are simple fortunately our listenership james are very talented people and so we put out the call to any of our listeners who had covered the White Stripes before, put it on tape, and wanted to share that with us. And we're going to play some selections. The response, James, was kind of was enormous. Huge. Yeah, it's pretty big. Look, I know we have listeners. I know they exist. We're not doing this for nobody. But seeing uh, how many people did respond and not only respond, but email us was overwhelming in a good way. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, this is nice get to hear from some people we don't normally hear from yeah exactly there's our usuals you know people who interact with us regularly that i was maybe sort of expecting to hear from and then there was people who were like hey i I listened to the show first time emailing i'm like oh fantastic so anyway we're gonna play some of that for all of you and i think these are really cool i'd like to start with one here this is from longtime listener and friend of the show he's been on a few times Rob Janos. Rob is a musician and he also, you know, works in the music business. He's a tour manager for Les Zeppelin. And so Rob is amazing. And Rob <laughs> sent me this cover and it sounds like stupid good. So this is a cover song that he put together, especially for this episode of You've Got Her in Your Pocket. And we're going to play Ooh. that for everybody right now. There's no way out now Put it in the safe and lock it Cause it's home, sweet home Nobody ever told you that it was the wrong way Trick a woman, make her feel she did it her way And you'll be there if she ever feels blue And you'll be there when she finds someone new What to do? Well, you know you keep her in your pocket with there's no way out now Put it in the safe and lock it 
Cause it's home, sweet home The smile on your face made her think she had the right one Then she thought she was sure by the way you two could have fun But now she might leave like she's threatened before Grab hold of her fast before her feet leave the floor She's out the door Cause you want to keep her in your pocket Where there's no way out Put it in the safe and lock it Cause it's home, sweet home And in your own mind you know you're lucky just to know her And in the beginning all you wanted was to show her She's running away You search in your head For something clever to say Don't go away Cause I want To keep you in my pocket Where there's no way out Put it in the safe And lock it Cause it's home, sweet home Home, sweet home Now again, that is maybe an example of a song that's a little more tough to play. There's some finger-picking going on, but Rob really executed it perfectly. And, you know, if there are tears, you know, of difficulty, Rob is somewhere up in the upper tiers there, but he did an amazing job. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. An inexperienced person would be crying tears of difficulty. Yeah, that's that's the kind of jokes. Jokes and jokes. Let's just stop that kind of joke. It's dumb. It's a dumb joke. <laughs> I'm going to move on here to another one now. This is a great cover because it's a song I don't love. Like, I like it. And I know I've been criticized for this before. But <laughs> Alex... Shaxx sent us a cover of The Big Three Killed My Baby. Mm. And the what he did with this song is remarkable because it's really got that Delta kind of thing going on. It's It almost sounds like a late 70s era punk sort of thing. It's really cool. It's a great way to interpret the song because I think it sort of follows what Jack was going for when he wrote it. So we're going to play that one now, and it's, it's one of my favorites that we got sent in here. So thank you, Alex. Everything in 
So next up, we're going to go to another longtime friend of the show, James, none other than Josh Aiken or Joe Shaken all over. Joe put together a series of clips to showcase the different types of White Stripes songs that he has played over the years and has had fun investigating. There's a lot of slide guitar on here, and then he recorded with his wife, who is a very, very talented musician, and they did a little medley here, so we're going to play that medley for everybody. Exciting. Okay, next up here, we have a pretty cool one. I like this one a lot. This is a cover of Ball and Biscuit by friend of the show, longtime listener Nick Langford and his friend Blake on drums. Now, it's funny, Nick sending us the email that had this video of him and Blake doing Ball and Biscuit predates the idea of us playing listener covers on the show. And it was part of the reason that inspired me to want to 
reach out to other fans who have covered White Stripes songs because this was so impressive when I saw it. I encourage everybody, check out the YouTube uh, video version of Nick and Blake doing Ball and Biscuit because he's jumping around there on stage and he looks... Yeah, you know, he looks like Jack White up there. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He's got the moves down. He's got the whole thing going on. Really impressive. So we're going to play this Ball and Biscuit from Nick and Blake now. James for laughing <laughs> and not making another bad biscuit joke of some kind. <laughs> uh, so this next one here is from Austin Lee. Austin has covered You Don't Know What Love Is, which is cool because this is a later era Stripe song and, you know, maybe not quite as sing-songy as the first couple albums, you know, or the simpler White Stripe songs. So this is an interesting cover here from Austin. <laughs> Thank you. 
I suspect you've got a respectable side When first you hold in pressure You still don't run and hide But it's for someone else's benefit And not for what you wanna do Until I realize that you've realized I'm gonna say these words to you Thump, or well, I guess that's the main the main single from that. Although I challenge anybody to give me another like a cover of the White Stripes cover of Conquest. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's another odd one you don't really hear too often. I don't think another odd cover. It's friend of the show Derek Ferguson or Derek Forever Ferguson covering "Offend in Every Way." Mm-hmm. 
So that one's cool. And then along those same lines of stuff, we don't really hear all that often. We have Francesco Savants Bellucci covering As Ugly As I Seem. Nice. Never 
that one Francesco now we're going to move on here to one that sort of breaks the conceit a little bit but it was Jack Solo in the era of the White Stripes so I think it counts totally Uh, we're going to play here a cover by Mark Nelson of Never Far Away from the Cold Mountain soundtrack that's fun I like that Walking home to you Walking home to you I'm talking through my wounds That I'm bleeding out for you Talking through my wounds Walking home to you I listen when I can I listen when I This picture of you I carry in my hand Let's me hear you say You're never far away 
I hope this is giving some people who are driving a commute some like a fun playlist of of interesting stripes covers. Yeah, you know, I made a playlist for these when I was on a run the other day and they're awesome. Our listeners are so talented. Jack White fans, very very talented people. And speaking of talented, we're going to move on here to a cover of Effect and Cause, one of my favorite Jack White songs, and this one's by Shane Devon. So thank you, Shane. Let's let's give this one a play. Two, three, four. I guess you have to have a problem if you want to invent a contraption. First you cause a train wreck, then they put me in traction. Well, first came an action, and then a reaction But you can't switch them round for your own satisfaction Well, you burned my house down, then got mad at my reaction I guess an ever-complicated situation of a human relation Making sense of it all takes a whole lot of concentration well, you can't blame a baby for a pregnant mom And if there's one of these unavoidable laws Is that you just can't take the effect And make it the cause Well, you can't take the effect And make it the cause I didn't rob a bank Because you made up the law Blame me for robbing Peter But don't you blame Paul Can't take the effect And make it the cause 
Okay, we're going to move on here to a cover. I talked about this one earlier when we were introing this segment, but Josh Woodall and his family band, Red Letter, have covered wow. Fell in Love with a Girl. And Josh was so cool to reach out to us and tell us that, yeah, this is his, uh, this is this is a band that's all in the family, which is very white stripesy in and of itself. So let's uh, take it away, Josh Woodall and your family band, Red Letter. I've had enough once and almost completely 
family bands paul so many good ones all right tim trainer here has sent us in a cover of we're gonna be friends now we actually got more than one cover of we are going to be friends so the other one here is by casey and mudderman and so i'm gonna splice it in half we're gonna play half of tim's and half of casey and mudderman love both these versions interesting takes on the same song we're gonna take it away with tim here first and then move on into casey and mudderman let's do it Fourteen, here the air, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk the blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Walk with me. Lovely. Now we have another one. So I expected, expected, expected a couple covers from people on here. We thought we were going to get a Fell in Love with a Girl. We did. And much like I was expecting, there are two different covers of Seven Nation Army that we got here. So the first one I'm going to play 
is from David PV, and then we're gonna we're gonna splice it in half here with the band New Fonts featuring Zendi on vocals and electronics. And these are both Seven Nation Army, and we're gonna play these for you now.
just want to say both of those versions, very cool. I love the instrumental on the first one and the techno take on Seven Nation Army there by the Neophonts. Just really awesome, compelling stuff. Now, we have another one here that's maybe a little left to center in terms of song choice, something I thought was really cool. We have Hypnotize by Andy Osborne. Whoa. The return of Polly Kasem. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up we have Gretchen Shea, and shout out to her band, The Knockups, which I really wound up enjoying listening to. I saw a couple of their videos on YouTube; it's pretty cool. So this is Gretchen covering "Dead Leaves and the Dirty Ground."
me coming down the hall If I could just hear your pretty voice I don't think I need to see you at all Don't think I need to see you at all Soft hair and a velvet tongue Wanna give you what you give to me And every breath that is in your lungs Is a tiny little gift to me It's a tiny little gift to me Giving it next on our <laughs> tip twenty one. Give him. It was fantastic. We have. We also got a double of another track, James. You want to guess what the other track we got a double of was? I would have expected multiple dead leaves. Um, I'm gonna say my doorbell. Oh, good guess, James. But it's actually the hardest button to button. Oh, another yeah, classic. Yeah. So we have. We're gonna start here with Jacob V and his band Too Deep, and then we're going to splice in Joe Humphreys and his group Flat Whites, and those are both covers of Hardest Button to Button. Let's listen to them. Okay. You keep quiet. 
So we got two more here. The first I'm going to play is an acoustic cover of Astro, and that's from Lori Carlson. Thank you, Lori, for sending that in. And then the last one we'll sort of wrap up here with is Ronald Lindsay with Buddy Vassy on the Boom Booms. It's Black Math. One, two, three, four. Astro, maybe Jasper does the Astro, Astro.
thank you everyone who submitted music if you submitted and you didn't hear it here i apologize we will try to make sure that we play the song that you submit on a future episode i'm just gonna be honest with y'all i was not expecting this many <laughs> to be hey, frank it was a lot hey, if you submitted and we omitted we will now create a new segment in the beginning of the show every now and then where we can play a cover song. I Why love not? that. That is a great, great, great f***ing idea, James. You submit them, we omit them, then we put them in them. Wow. Yeah. James's Bondage Depot. <laughs> Whether you want to choke them, smoke them, or poke them. Choke them, smoke them. Poke them. We've got what you need, when you need it, where you need it. Our special is on uh, Jack White brand balls and biscuit. <laughs> okay, that's enough. All right. <laughs> this, this has been a third person segment. <laughs> Well, James, that was a lot of fun. I'd like to thank you for coming up with this wonderful topic. I'm sorry for derailing it like I always no, do. No, I, I happily accepted the derailments. We also have some other people to thank. We have our Patreon patrons. James, we have a new one this <gasps> week. We do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a new one. Stephen Reese. <gasps> Is he related to Kyle Reese? Well, James, that would be the... That's what we like to call... The low-hanging fruit, but that is kind of... Is there a Jack White thing we could say about it, perhaps? Um, We'll get there. Hold on. Jeez. Reese is pretty good. No. Oh, boy. Reese. Yeah. Steven Reese. Uh, Reese women. Steve. Steven Nation Army. Steven Nation Army is pretty good. I don't think we're getting better than that. <laughs> weep themselves, weep themselves to Reese. It's not, it's, it's not bad. It's not good. It's not. Good. It's not good either. Steven Nation Army is pretty good. That's a good one. I'm gonna put that down here. Steven Reese. Or Stephen Nation Army. Thank you, Stephen. We also have Ashley Forbes, Steady Ashley Goes, Shane Ben Jamson, or the Shane Boy you've always known, Melinda Endress. You look pretty in your fancy Endress. Elizabeth Myers, rolling in on a burning Myers. Brett Garski, the Brett Three Killed My Garski. Yvette Wilkins, Wilkins on Sunshine. Brenda Englehart, we want to be the boys to warm your Englehart. Kate McCoy, the bones of the operation. Stu Cat, Stu Driver, Julian Tobias, the $3 Hat Migs. Melinda Tay, Lord, send me an angel down. Josh Aiken or Joe Shaken all over. Luke Sinclair or Luke me over closely. Tam Davis, our third person in spirit every week. Michael Brookfield, the Bone Brookfield, and Derek Forever for Ferguson. I love that there's some that have literally nothing to do with Jack White. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to interact with us, you could do so in a number of ways. You can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash third men. You can tweet at us at third men cast. You can tumble on down with us occasionally at third men podcast dot tumblr.com you can find us on our website that's thirdmenpodcast.com there's a yawn break here you can email us any questions or answers that you have why not email us anything yep. you want really just 
keep it clean to quote that cover song uh you can email us at coca-cola salsa ice cream yeah email us that specifically that quote at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com or your sick handlebar mustache pics do that too <laughs> you can uh, that song's about pee and poo right yeah like I think it's turn a, me over. Show your Coca Cola soft stuff. Ice cream is a is a poo. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> I don't know why. You, that's it, right? That's I don't know why you sound like one of the Nemoidians from <laughs> it's from <laughs> Phantom Menace, but <laughs> it sounds like I wanted a poo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jaja, you in some deep doo doo. <laughs> the Gungans and the Nemoidians have a lot in common, and I think Cut it's... Cut and print. I think it's their racist undertones. People are going to love this <laughs> Somebody get me a sauce ice cream. <laughs> Somebody get me a sausage. My neck needs a feeding. <laughs> he did have a very... Hold on, I'm going to do a quick rewrite. All right, instead of doo-doo, you're going to say poo-poo. All right, try it again, fish guy. Oh, Jaja, you saw in some deep poo poo. Uh, I don't know if that had the punch. Let's change it to poopy poo poo. How about poopa? Can we try poopa? Yeah. All right. So give me give me like a Pacino thing, fish guy. I want you to do poopa. I want you to really give it to me. I want to feel the spit. All right. Action. Oh, Jaja. You saying some deep poopa? Now I think that that worked. I think that's pretty good. But I think we're gonna want another clean take of it. Can we do a dookie? Should we do a dookie? Kaka? I love that. Can this you is do just can you do for, kaka? This is just for me. Fish. Hey, fish guy. Can you do kaka? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do a kaka. <laughs> All right, fish guy. Gonna do a try kaka. We're gonna try the kaka. We think the. We think the poopa is gonna work, but we're gonna try the caca. All right, cut and action. Oh, Jaja, you are in some deep caca. Now I think there's too many syllables on there. I think it's really gonna scratch the. The kids can't say that. The kids. How am I gonna put that in an action figure? We're gonna go with what I started with. What I started with was genius. <laughs> You're in some deep doo-doo is what we're going to go with. That's what is on the written word. Cut. Where's craft services? My neck needs feeding. <laughs> Where were we in this list? Anyway, you can email us <laughs> anything you want. You can find us on Instagram at thirdman underscore podcast, where Paul posts some fun images that have to do with this episode. I... God knows what he's going to pull for this episode. Uh, I no. guess science and stuff. Uh, you can find some merch and buy it if you'd like. Why not? It's bit.ly slash thirdmenmerch. Do it. Bit. Like what you may or may not have heard based on what James edits. It's true. bit.ly forward slash. I mean, you could try backwards slash just between you and me. You could try it. It's not going to work, but you could try it. <laughs> Third man yeah, merch. You can. <laughs> you can find us on Acast. They host our show. I love them. Uh, they are never in deep doo-doo with me. 
You could search us on YouTube. Just search for the Third Men Podcast, or you can find us at youtube.com slash C slash the Third Men Podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe on rateus.thirdmenpodcast.com. We'd also like to thank Sam Kubert and Tom Valenti for the help in the recording of our theme song with the Third Men, as well as Susanna Roundtree for the lovely intros and outros of our program. And James, until next episode, I'm going to be looking for a home in some deep doo doo. <laughs> Now I can't edit it out. <laughs> and I will be looking for a home with a squirrel. Just kind of taking my problems and ripping them apart. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at Third Men Cast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. Hey everybody, Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process, and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on it can be as much or as little as you can swing and all donations are greatly appreciated the last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough but if you would like to help us out that would be amazing all right it's all from me remember you can head to patreon.com slash third men podcast and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already all right everybody i'll see you on the show and i'm wayne kaminsky You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. So this is normally the part of the show where we play some of the additional Star Wars references or poo-poo jokes or something else that we cut out of the episode itself. But I thought instead today for this episode... I would play for you all a cover of a Jack White contribution to his song 
that I did with Tom Valente, who people will remember from the theme song to our podcast, as well as having been a multiple episode guest on the show. So anyway, Tom and I, uh, about a year or two ago, what is time anymore? Who knows? But Tom and I did a cover of Danger High Voltage. So that is me singing poorly, Tom playing excellent guitar, and me playing drums. And we had a ball in the studio. It was so much fun. We just basically spent the whole night just goofing around and making this. So here you go. I'm going to play this at the end here. And thanks, everybody, for listening. (laughs) 